0: All right. Yeah. Well, we are going live, and this is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for What in the World with Paul Seaburn and his sidekick, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, a what great says on his shirt.
1: Card. But we know we, we obviously we know what's the most important aspect of this podcast today. It is not any of us. It is the winning Cleveland Browns and uh, John was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, rather than watching us on YouTube, a, am Paul Sieber. This is what in the world. And thank you so much for joining us. B John Danilo, my sidekick and old friend is dressed head to toe in Cleveland Browns paraphernalia because he saw them win last night over the, uh, the despised Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, So there's a, there's an air of exuberance within the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) today. Excuse me, thank you. Nice day in Cleveland, Ohio, which is where we're at, Northeast Ohio area. Uh, I want to say hello to uh, Karen Hale. Thank you for that great introduction. Karen is our uh, co-host, producer, media mogul at newclevelandradio.net, which is our platform. You can yes, see us there. Find out how to, uh, you know, where we're at on Spotify and all the other great places on YouTube. Where well, there's a link to us on YouTube. The um, um, and then take a look at all the other great podcasts Karen has. uh the the, the stories you're hearing today. Our motto is uh, real news, sometimes strange, always funny. Everything is <laughs> checked with multiple sources. I know that's <laughs> hard to believe <laughs> with some of them, but seriously. I I am a real journalist. I actually do check sources and uh, all of these stories with the exception of Bluff the co-host at the end, which we'll talk about. are Real stories from from various news sources throughout the internet. Uh, You come here because they're funny, they're fun, they're weird, they're strange. We like to have a good time with them. Our goal is you, you, number one, to entertain ourselves. And if we are entertaining ourselves, we, we think we're entertaining you as well. So that's the, the name of the game here. Uh, I am the uh, head writer and editor at mysteriousuniverse.org. I, we talk about many of the same subjects that that I write about at Mysterious Universe, Bigfoot, uh, space story, space travel, uh, aliens, a lot of that stuff. I get into more depth at, at Mysterious Universe. So just so you know, uh, there's another place to go. I'm also on Facebook, so look me up on Facebook. Google my name, you find all kind of strange stuff about me. Uh, don't Google John, you know <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous. But um, anyways, let's uh, let's see what we got here and what in the world today is Tuesday, November first, first day of November. So, um, okay, so we've got the uh, so, some interesting stories today off off the beaten path. The world's smallest TV. Where do you see this everybody this is oh, when I say where do you see this that uh, directed to uh, those of you watching on YouTube, I do have a number of photos that I that I uh, include with the podcast. Uh, I will describe them to you so that um, if you're listening, you can still figure out what we're looking at, but it for grins please visit us on YouTube. Follow us, do all those things that 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 they like you to do. You'll get to see the world's smallest TV, which we'll talk about in a second. We're going to find out Bigfoot's least favorite state. We're going to find out how to drink champagne in space. In fact, how to get champagne in space, Karen. This is uh, uh, this has been a challenge, obviously, since the uh, Sputnik program in the 50s. You know what? How do we celebrate once we get up to space if we can't open a bottle of champagne in weightless? right Uh, condition yeah so they finally figured out how to do it and we're going to see some photos of that so uh let's see Uh, a really picky monkey and that's all I'm going to say about it but emphasis on the picky um and and that's that's all I'm going to say we have a gift from the Mothman himself so please stay tuned for that um especially if you're down in West Virginia Uh, uh we've got trees that run on two legs in Connecticut. Weirdest story of the week, possibly of the year. So we're going to make sure we get to that. Uh, let's see more odd news, some trivia. We've got strange sports with John. Um, and then we'll play everybody, everybody's favorite weird new news game bluff the cohort. If you haven't heard from John lately, uh, he somehow we lost the connection on him. So I know he's uh, working hard with his technical support staff, namely his talented wife, to uh, get him back online. So we're going to get started here um, with um, with 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 our Mothman story. <clears throat> I want to give a big shout out to a, a good friend of the show, uh, Brian down in West Virginia. Um, Brian, I, I I I know his brother from from uh, from high school. Uh, we all went to the same school. John grew up in the same neighborhood as as brian brian has become a great fan of the show and um he, he has one problem though and that is that he lives in west virginia and it bothers him that we talk so much about ohio monsters you know we talk about bigfoot all the time and bigfoot is pretty much the dominant ohio monster uh down in west virginia uh the old the, the big monster is mothman down in point pleasant which is at the intersection of the ohio river and uh the Kanawha, Kanawha River, the, the, um, uh, there's a bridge there over the Ohio River. And for those of you that don't, I'll give you the 25-cent explanation. Back in the 60s, there was this creature, flying creature with red eyes that people were seeing in Point Pleasant, which is right at the, at the bridge on the West Virginia side. Uh, all kind of people were seeing it. Everybody got scared. And then uh, the bridge collapsed, and unfortunately, a number of people died. Uh, and, and Mothman disappeared. So th- these people, um, you know, I, I admire the people who, who are the keepers of the Loch Ness Monster because the, the entire city runs on the Loch Ness Monster. Point Pleasant is almost the same way. The, it runs on the Mothman. They have an annual week, uh, weekend-long festival. They have stores devoted to Mothman, to uh, museums restaurants you name it and now brian has introduced us to mothman beer whoa wow mothman beer that's right he did so brian didn't tell me how he obtained the mothman beer i'm assuming that it's one of the um uh popular products in uh Point Pleasant, especially during the Mothman Festival time, which was just a a few weeks ago, if I remember correctly. Um, So so he thought that John and I would be uh, interested in in the beer uh, because we mentioned uh, occasionally our partying days from when we went to college together. Now, this this is so typical of Brian because Brian sent me a can of Mothman beer, but he sent me a can That formerly had Mothman beer in. See, Brian, in the way he drank
0: it, he drank it. How dare
1: he! I'll tell you what, Karen. Knowing Brian, I'm surprised he didn't send me an empty six pack of Mothman beer, or, or perhaps an empty case of cans of Mothman beer. But no, he just sent one. I guess he wanted to save on postage. But we do appreciate it. I mean, I got a I got a kick out of this. My wife said, "Who the heck is this guy and who's Mothman?" and I had to go through all that stuff with her. Um so it fits perfectly with the theme of our podcast. And 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 Brian, um, another thing that I'm sure he knows is that Ohio is jealous of West Virginia when it comes to Mothman. I've been noticing lately, a lot of these sites will do at the end of the year, you know, who is, what What monster is the most popular in, by state. And in Ohio, there's a list of monsters that, that everybody sees. And believe it or not, Mothman is starting to show up on the Ohio list because we're jealous of all the money that Point Pleasant is making. And it's just right across the Ohio River from uh, whatever it is. I don't even know what's on the other side. Uh, Point Pleasant is the most famous and Brian, Brian also now Brian is a, uh, uh, the, the, the high school I went to is Padua Franciscan high school in, uh, Parma, Ohio. Brian is a member of the Padua hall of fame. He was, a wow. yeah, he was a wrestling coach at the school. He was a very, very excellent, excellent state champion, uh, wrestler, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, uh, according to the card that he sent me, uh, his his team that that he coached in uh, West Virginia wrestled against Point Pleasant, so he has a lot of contact with Point Pleasant. So, uh, Brian, there you go. You got you took up five minutes of our time here. No one gets that kind of time. If, uh, so, so that's how grateful I am for this uh, wonderful gift, Brian. I want to thank you again. The motto of Mothman Beer is, uh, the "Mysterious Mothman said." Still at large. Could have come up with something better than that, but, but it's a cool can. It's got the Mothman on it. You can see his red eyes. So there you go. Thanks again, Brian. Um, I apologize for John not being here, but, uh, looks like he's having a serious problem. So, uh, last night was Halloween. Karen, did you have a bunch of kids at your place?
0: We had zero.
1: Zero. I'm surprised at that. You live in a, uh, popular, um, Popular area, popular little section of um, Northeast Ohio.
0: You know, I maybe people here don't like kids. I don't know.
1: Wow, or don't like candy.
0: Well, they do, we yeah.
1: We we we, we uh, stocked up on candy, but we really did have quite a few. Well over 50, 50 kids. So that was a pretty good haul uh, for us. Great costumes, by the way. There was, a, the, in my humble opinion, the best one for me was a kid who had an, an, an uh, inflated alien behind him. And it looked like the alien was carrying him up to the door.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: <laughs> so I thought absolutely the best uh, costume. Now, as far as candy goes, it seemed like, I, you know, I look in the buckets to see what the kids are getting and, and pretty much everybody gets the same kind of candy. I wanna show you the best candy for Halloween this year, uh, potentially the best of all time. This comes from a company by the name of Ada Fruit, which is a computer company, a hardware company. And uh, I wanna put the picture up here while I'm talking about it. So Ada Fruit, uh, Ada, by the way, is Ada Lovelace, who was uh, one of the first uh, computer programmers, a, a, a woman who was one of the first computer programmers. Now, I have a picture up here. What this is, is a picture of a Snickers bar with a little display built into it. That little display is the display for the game Doom. And believe it or not, everybody, you can actually play a, the game of Doom on this Snickers bar. If you can get your, your t- thumbs on the tiny little- uh, Oh
0: my God, yeah. why Isn't would you amazing? do
1: that? <laughs> so you could get on what in the world. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Look at all the publicity that they're getting out of this. So it actually runs a version of the video game Doom. The chip—it's it's, called—they call it the Candy of Doom, um, <laughs> which I think is a great name. Although I thought candy corn was the Candy of Doom. Me um, too. Or black licorice. I didn't see any kids getting black licorice. I don't think anybody gives that out anymore. Pop rocks. Wasn't there a time when when kids there was the rumor that kids were getting sick because they put too many pop rocks in yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a candy of doom there too. Anyways, this um, the computer that this is based on is a, is a, a great computer. It's a tiny little uh, over-the-counter computer called the Raspberry Pi. P-I not P-I-E. Raspberry Pi. Uh, if, if you're into building your own computer, you know what a Raspberry Pi is. So that's what these people uh, use to put doom in a Snickers bar um well it, you know they said you could you could play it I don't know by the time I realized that I had it I had already eaten half of mine so
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: so I'm doomed to go to the dentist tomorrow because i, I broke see yeah on the, on uh, this tiny little video game now on the subject of tiny uh there's a uh, there's also a um an electronics company by the name of tiny circuits Now, tiny circuits has just introduced two of the tiniest televisions in existence the um, uh, let's take a look at this one here here we go so oh my God yeah it's um, the screen is 10 10 millimeters it, it, across its 36 millimeters so it's uh, you know like like a quarter of an inch or a half an inch I believe is is about the size of it, it, it but but take a look at that Karen this TV, it has little knobs on it. It has yeah. a speaker. It has a little display. It looks more like the old-fashioned tube um, uh, TV. It yeah, has little yeah. legs. Yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, so yeah. Now, and they say you can watch anything, absolutely anything. Um, now, I tried them out. I, I went to a store real as soon as I saw this. I ran to my local electronics store. And I needed six of them to watch a special on Dolly Parton. So oh,
0: you, you, have good to be
1: you have to be careful what you watch. But um here's a here's another photo of I think I have uh oh so oh, you can wow. either yeah, you can turn the knobs or they give you a little teeny tiny remote control.
0: <laughs> which that is which, incredible. Yeah. Isn't it
1: isn't it? You know, it's like if, if you lose this remote control, I can tell you where it's going to be. You're yeah. going to find it in the dog's poop because the dog ate it. That's, it it's the size of the guy's thumb. Look at that. It's, yeah. it's, uh, um, so anyways, you can watch, um, you can store videos on this thing. It has memory and it has a little tiny speaker. So you can actually listen. <laughs> I don't know how you can, it has to be the tiniest possible sound in existence. But they claim that you can turn tune it up to, to 11, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, if you can't hear it, I, I suppose there's a button for closed caption. But then how are you going to read it? You know, you need a um, uh, a magnifying glass.
0: Right, exactly. In,
1: in order to read the closed captioning on there. So I think we've got John back here. So John, there's a the world's smallest TV right there. Uh, <laughs>
2: The, the first thought into my mind was that is a very small TV. Oh <laughs> wait, look, there's a
1: whole line of them. Look at oh look gosh. at, they wow. come on all different uh, all different shapes and sizes. I what? the thing I love the most about them is the little tiny legs. <laughs> <Like> you can <laughs> so you can I, I don't know where you would put this. So so you know I would have to put it like on a TV tray or something in front of my favorite TV watching chair. And then you got to lean way up. Does
0: it run off a battery, right?
1: i assume
2: or oh, they yeah, sure oh, just, yeah. just just off the top of my head are they manufactured by Japanese companies
1: <laughs> oh no jeez oh, oh man i'm not even gonna touch that uh, that that question there John. probably are yeah yeah although they could be i don't have um I, I went looking i couldn't find where they were located it's called tiny circuits so um not circus t- uh, you couldn't watch a circus on here same with Dolly watching dolly parton you want to see an <laughs> elephant you need four or five of these <laughs> to together so
2: uh, good uh, one. very good uh,
1: <laughs> all right so so john walks in right at the at the worst possible time here because our next subject is the rattiest city in the united states and by rattiest, i mean most rats in the city so okay i'm
0: closing uh, my eyes
1: <laughs> no, no pictures. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Oh, no good. Good. So what what would you think though? I'm I'm asking both of you and the, and those of you listening on through the podcast, what would what would your choice be for the rattiest city in the United States? City with the most rats.
2: I'm going to say New Orleans. Ooh. New
1: Orleans. Ah, good. Uh, interesting that choice. That's
0: probably a good one. Karen, how about you? I was going to say New York City.
1: New York City, yeah. New York City is the popular choice because recently there was a video that went viral of a, of a rat taking a, a piece of pizza, a slice of pizza, a pie, um, carrying it up a set of stairs, a flight of stairs into a, a brownstone. Yeah. Oh, it was everywhere on the Internet. Uh, turns out New York City is number two. The number one radiest city in the United States. sure I can take these TVs down here for a little while. The one Radius city in the United States, Chicago, Illinois. I was. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. moved up. It moved ahead of New York. New York is now number two. Oh. Uh, yeah. Los Angeles, number three. Number four, Washington, D.C., which would have been number three, but they were not allowed to count politicians. So, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, there was, no was political commentary on this show, but that's a good one, Paul. <laughs> we're going to keep that's a keep. It. That's a keep it. <laughs> we, Every once in a while, we slide
1: one in, John. Right. You know, that's yeah, sure. all right. So, uh, all right. number five, number five, San Francisco. I thought that was an odd, odd choice. San Francisco, I never thought of it. Number six, Philadelphia. Uh, the people there don't care you know the Phillies are in the World Series the Eagles are in first place undefeated they could have rats running in their hair they don't care they're so thrilled (laughs) to have winning teams Sure, Uh, sure. so the question is here we are in Northeast Ohio where is Cleveland on the list any uh, throw out a guess there I'm gonna say Cleveland is 38 38 okay I, I hope that's what it is Karen what about you
0: I was going to say 25. I
1: was going to say, if this were the price of right, price is right, I would say go higher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so you went higher. That was a good choice. Actually, Cleveland is number eight. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I was surprised at that. I'm, you know, here's what I think. And this is for our Cleveland listeners. I think it's because of redistricting. I think that whole redistricting map, you know, has- oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah we, we, we somehow we've accumulated all the raft. We need to to change the map and give them to Lorraine or Akron or um, Painesville, you know, one of those cities. Uh, I
0: hope our colleges, listeners in those listeners cities. In those
2: cities. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully those listeners in those cities don't take any offense to what you just You're said. Right. Oh, we're just spreading it. We're having
1: fun, John. You know, we're just having some, some no, fun. Out, Jeff, sure. Now, this is one of the more, more popular of, of my stories on Facebook this week. Uh, Katy Perry. Now, I you know, I, I, I'm a fan of music. Katy Perry, she's a singer. Um, I, I, sorry for all you Katy Perry fans. But she was on the news this week. And I just have to put up the photo so you can see what she looks like here. Mm. Uh, it really pays to see the video. So oh Katy gosh. Perry is is, number one, she's wearing an outfit made out of, uh, aluminum cans and
0: <laughs>
1: with two, and, um, to, to keep the show clean two of them are strategically placed in her chestal area as we would say when we were eight years old uh, <laughs> so the uh but but the thing that caught everybody's eye after that was the fact that her one of her eyes was shut and if you watch the video this is during a concert And uh, in Las Vegas, so it's a huge, you know, big, big venue. And her her eye was stuck, it would open and then it would close again. And she would poke herself on the side of her head, like she was hitting a reset button to get her eye to open and close, which is what people thought. They thought, this is not the real Katy Perry. We must be watching a robotic clone of Katy Perry while she's on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, didn't you believe that? Now, Karen, you know, many many women responded to my post to tell me what the problem really was. Do you know what her problem is?
0: The glue from her false eyelashes.
1: Glue from her false eyelashes. Her eyelashes look like they're at least two or three inches long. Yep. Um, so yeah, they're um they're that that's exactly what it was. But all of us guys, we didn't know what it was. <laughs> Keith Richards. Keith Richards sent I her. No
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Keith Richards sent her a text. He says, "You know, if you're going to use a robot." I always found to, to make sure you have fresh batteries, uh, ah, but he does. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cause I think he only does about half the concerts. The rest of them, he slams <laughs> his clone. Uh, but she kept on singing, which is, which way well, I thought was really great. You know, she just played right through it. Very professional. Um, if that had been Jerry Lee Lewis, I think there would have been a whole lot of shaking going on. Uh-huh. As he... <laughs> and that's my salute. That, my salute that'll pass. That's a good one, Paul. That's a good uh, one. We're my good my salute. Salute who this week uh age uh, about 87 um 87 yeah original original first first year member of the rock and roll hall of fame in cleveland
2: ohio so uh john did you ever see jerry lee lewis live no never did and you know i read the um uh, your biography or whatever that was just out i really didn't recall that he became a country singer I knew that he was more of like a rocky rockabilly singer when he in the fifties and all that, right? And yeah. I knew he was still around, but I never really made the connection that he was a country singer, or never really thought of him in those terms. But he obviously did a lot of a lot of good things that way. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Two things. Two things I learned. Um, one one thing I knew uh, I was reminding of it, and this this may explain his country background. Um, he grew up in in Louisiana, in Faraday, Louisiana. Um, with his two cousins. One of his cousins was Mickey Gilley. Mickey Gilley, big country singer. Big country uh,
2: singer, sure. I have,
1: I've never seen Jerry Lee Lewis, but I have, and I haven't seen Mickey Gilly, but I've been to his uh, venue down in um, uh, Houston where mm-hmm. the Urban Cowboy was filmed. So, right. so that's one cousin. His other cousin was um, Jimmy Swagger, the famous uh, TV evangelist from, from Baton Rouge, as a matter of fact who was uh, you know disgraced for you know all kind of thing the, the stuff stuff. ministers get disgraced for these days let's put it that way yeah. now but the other thing that that I wanted to know was why they called him killer I thought there has to be some kind of great story behind that do you know by any chance why they call him killer
2: if I if I remember what I read he had two wives that passed away suddenly. And, oh really? Yeah, and so I, I don't know if that's the direct connection or not, but at least the the article I read had that notation because he was married several times, but <laughs> but he had but he was considerably old, well like, he was older, let's say than than his one those those two wives. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? but one was thirteen. When they got
1: married. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, that was <laughs> a that, that put him off that put him off the grid, if you will. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That's why he became a country singer. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't become a mime or something, you know, just go completely <laughs> undercover. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Be, yeah, getting kissed. Who's right. the new guy? Yeah, playing the piano. It looked like Jerry Lee Lewis with yeah. that star on the middle of his <laughs> actually John and everybody out there, he was known as killer long before he had his fourth or fifth or seventh or how many wives he had uh it turns out that when he was a kid uh back in faraday louisiana he got into a fight with a with an adult with an adult man and uh tried to choke him with his own necktie
2: oh my gosh
1: yeah so that's the, the, the Oh, That's name. how we
2: got the, the moniker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is okay.
1: tough to do. I mean, I can't choke myself with my own necktie. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thrilled when the turtleneck came out. I was thrilled. That was just the greatest invention, as far as I was concerned. A turtle. <laughs>
2: And if Were he was, you a big turtleneck guy, John, I don't remember you. No, no, ever no, no, you, not, you know, one of the things about turtleneck, if you really do a bad job of shaving, okay, that no. will cover up your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say, John? <laughs> I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm just like making a general statement.
1: <laughs> okay. All right.
2: All right. All right. So,
1: okay. so, so uh, speaking of John over here, John always asks if we have any good Bigfoot stories. And of course, I try as hard as I can, and I've got two this week. And I and I promised John that I have photographs, so to speak. So <laughs> you'll see what I mean there. So this is this is a, a story from um, um, the Bigfoot Research Organization (B.F.R.O.). I've talked about them on the show a number of times. They they keep track of all the Bigfoot sightings in the United States. They just came out with a new listing, and they said the place if you, if you want to see Bigfoot, the place to avoid is Wyoming. There have not been there's not been a Bigfoot sighting in Wyoming since 2008, 2000. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time ago. That's 14 years ago. Um, they, they say, you know, people still say they hear Bigfoot howling in Wyoming, but what they're, what they're the explanation is, is that that's just people waiting in line in Yellowstone c- complaining because the line is so long and they just, Oh, please let us in. Uh, <laughs> But, I can, I can, I get
2: that. I get that. There that you sense. go.
1: So, so John, you were you were off the air while we talked about the the um, uh, Mothman beer from our good friend Brian down in West Virginia. So I want to show you the um, the can here again because I want to make reference to. There's a it says Mothman on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by That's the cool. way, our good friend Brian drank all the beer. So uh, <laughs> uh, typ- typical, typical. So, anyways, I believe that Wyoming's problem is that they don't have. Bigfoot beer. If they had Bigfoot beer, they would attract Bigfoot and maybe, you know, Bigfoot festivals and Bigfoot hunters and Bigfoot fans like John. So um, turns out there is a, there's a couple of Bigfoot beers and that's what I have a photo of here. So let's take a look at uh, Katy Perry again here. Let's take a look at uh, Bigfoot beer number one. Bigfoot beer number one is Bigfoot barley wine style ale from sierra nevada brewing which is not in wyoming that's in california if i'm not mistaken a nice little little cartoon drawing of uh bigfoot and what looks like a yosemite sam being terrified by the sight right. of right bigfoot coming that's out it. of the woods i hope that's what he's doing he, he's kind of squatting down there uh,
2: <laughs>
1: may have, he may have drank too much bigfoot beer i don't know
2: <laughs> uh.
1: so, so anyways bigfoot beer is um strong and robust with the refined intensity of a wine. Now, I know a number of people who are Bigfoot hunters. They don't care if their beer tastes like wine. All they care about is that they can drink it fast enough before Bigfoot finds out that they have beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they don't care what, the, what it tastes like. Bigfoot, but Beer that tastes like wine, I don't know about that. I don't even think Bigfoot. Where is Bigfoot, by the way? Bigfoot, are you here? Bigfoot is... Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Bigfoot wine is uh, so um, uh, the other Bigfoot beer for you, John, if you if you don't care for beer that tastes like wine, we have this one here. And this is Olympia beer in the Bigfoot can, which is <laughs> 24 ounces of, wow. of probably beer that's closer to what most Bigfoot people. Uh, chasers like to drink
2: well uh, yeah. and and i think we all know that olympia is a, a very huge beer on the west coast, I west mean, coast. olympia yeah.
1: washington yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so so yeah. this is this is yeah. a big washington beer uh i like their motto it's a, oh they've been around since 1896 which is which is a good sign uh their motto is find your wild side which according <laughs> to reed yeah new like reed that, that, said, like you, that you go to new york says, to find your wild side yeah
2: i like that so, slogan. So. Oh.
1: Yeah. So I, I, so, so there's your two Bigfoot
2: photos for the week. Okay, no thanks, uh, Good. All I, right. More credible, more credible than what we usually see. <laughs> <get> your... <laughs> I had to say it. Sorry. I just had get, to
1: say it. Get your order in now. That's right. We should be, you know, a Mothman. I, 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 if, if the Mothman beer people are listening, we're open to sponsorship. Same with Olympia. Absolutely. And, uh, I know I've, I've already torn apart Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Barley wine tasting ale. But uh, if you guys are interested, you know, please give us a call. Yeah. Now, let's move from beer to, to champagne. French champagne company by the name of GH Mum has spent five years developing champagne that can be drank or drunk in space. And um, oh. this is uh, it's called GH uh, Mum. Uh, does it have a name? I'm not sure if it even has a name. Uh, I don't. I don't see a name, but it has a special uh, little uh, device on the top to catch the cork so that it doesn't go flying off into space. And it comes with a unique uh, space station glass, which is uh, which is over on the side there. And if you notice, that glass does not have a bottom on it. You know, it's a it's a long stemmed uh, wineish type glass, but it doesn't have a bottom. Uh huh. Because you don't need one in space because it's weightless, right?
2: Huh. That's However, very interesting. That
1: is very interesting, Paul. Okay. Now, John, Mr. Logic, if the glass is weightless, that means the champagne is weightless too. So once you pour it, how does it get into the glass, you may ask? Well, here's astronauts testing this new champagne. And th- what they do is it comes out in balls. And they catch it, <laughs> which, see, which right. looks like a fun game. <laughs>
2: wow. So there they
1: are. They're celebrating. Actually, I don't think this is on the space station. This is in that vomit comet airplane that they used to test, uh, train them on anti-gravity. The uh, But yeah, they're catching balls of uh, balls of champagne. I think, didn't we see balls of champagne open for uh, uh, Three Dog Night back in college? No. Well, I can't remember that,
2: but I don't remember <laughs> Kind of remember Three Dog Night, but I don't remember <laughs> Balls really of the champagne. Night. You don't remember seeing them? No, yeah. no. I, no I can't. I can't, re- I can't recall <laughs> that. That's that's quite a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: have to. I, I think you have to. They probably should have goggles on so it doesn't the balls will fly in. Well, like the sports teams
2: now, right? When they have their celebrations, right? Sure. Whatever. Yeah. I'm I sure. think
1: this. This sounds like a cartoon. This sounds like a good Bugs Bunny. In outer space cartoon oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know you the 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 alien invades the spaceship and bugs is all his laser is out of uh laser juice all he has is the bottle of champagne so you immediately you know start shooting him with the cork and and has balls of champagne all over the place and
2: that's the, so that's part the, the of
1: work if you <laughs> <sorry, but laughs> needs a little bit of work that's as much as i could come up with today i got it uh, <laughs> i got it very good call very good okay so now karen this is when you close your eyes this is our uh, our 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 monkey story here so um uh, this is about a picky monkey so this is uh, the 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 monkey is called an ii lemur which is a very small monkey but which has a very long appendage and not the one that you're gonna you think of all you dirty-minded people out there this is a nocturnal primate found only in madagascar and it has one very long finger um that it uses to pick ah. its nose of all things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a world record for the longest, uh, uh, for being able to pick the furthest into your nasal cavity. Uh, this II I. lemur, they, they took a um, X-ray of his head, which you can see there. Wow. Uh, at the Museum of Natural History in Bern, Germany. Uh, no, Bern is in Switzerland. Um, right. It went all the way up its sinus and from the sinus into its throat, and then its mouth so it could almost reach to the point where you could shoot its finger back out the front of its mouth that's how long oh my it was. Gosh. yeah that's yeah. unbelievable I, isn't that amazing it no, could have gone no. i'll tell you what if it was driving while it was picking it oh. gone on another couple
2: inches <laughs> wow. no, okay <laughs> if i'm not mistaken don't lemurs have very long tails also do they have a very long uh, some of them do you yeah. yeah
1: you're right you're right some of them do very long tail i thought remember very that right. from your biology class he looks yeah.
0: like a rat he
1: some looks rodent yes. like yes, yes he they does do, look kind of line. scary looking yeah yeah, yeah they definitely like are um the uh i'm thinking you know this is going to put the Q-tip people out of business. If you could, if we could do this. <laughs> in fact, if you could, if you could reach your ear from the inside and get the wax out of there too, <laughs> <laughs> do it all at once. Okay. Wow. So now here's one more. This is, this is another oddball thing. This is a guy. Okay. His name is Brian Stanley. He's an American engineer and he lost one of his eyes to cancer, but he used it as an opportunity as Americans are wanting to do. He, he saw opportunity instead of tragedy. And what he did was instead of just using a normal prosthetic eye, he had a flashlight, but, but really a high beam flashlight built to fit into his eye cavity, uh-huh. uh, fully functioning. Uh, he calls it the titanium cyborg eye. He wants to market it obviously to other people. He says it's perfect for reading in the dark. He, it doesn't get hot and it has a battery life of 20 hours. So, I mean, you know, I was thinking if he could turn this into a strobe light, he'd be a great DJ. Oh,
0: <laughs> right? You know, he
1: could be multifaceted. He'd be multi-faceted. Oh, man. I think it'd be, uh, you know, I don't want to lose an eye, but boy, I think, uh, I think he, uh, he has quite so a career there. So he has to
0: take the eye in and out to change the battery?
1: uh, Or to charge it. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Well, that's what they do. It could be a patented product. It could could be a patented product, right?
1: I'll tell you what, John, you know, this is the way my mind is working. I thought about the strobe light, but really the first thing that came to mind for me, if I had something like this, is I'd want it to be an x-ray light so that I could see through clothes.
2: Wouldn't oh, that be going for the movie, going with the man yeah. with
1: the X-ray <laughs> eyes, Ray Millan. <laughs> oh. That just proves to all the women listening to the podcast that all men—we, our maturity ends at the age of thirteen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can make a
1: case with that, Paul. You can make a very good case with that. Yeah, yeah the lovely Donna says that all the time. Yeah, you know, you're still thirteen years old. That's right. That's what I want. An X—I want X-ray eyes so I can see through clothing. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so now up in in um, in the ohio area and as well as in many states across the country next week is election day next tuesday and there's a um uh, a new political party in denmark we're normally going talk about politics but i'll take this guy down here um i want to mention this political party it's called party right away new political party in denmark committed to a platform thought up by an artificial intelligence robot. So artificial intelligence, I mean, it doesn't exist, um, but his name um, is uh, Leader Lars, that's what they call him. His platform is universal basic monthly income and better computers for government offices. So that's what he's running on. Artificial intelligence, most Danish people don't care. They don't care if he's a robot. They don't care if he's artificial. They just like the idea of a politician with intelligence of some sort. So <laughs> <laughs> I think he might do well here. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The left-handed, I'd vote for him. I guess so, that's right. Uh, I was thinking, would, would, so Karen says you would vote for a robot. Um, I was trying to think if we ever had a robot politician uh, or, or someone who would, uh, or a robot who would be a good politician. And the one that came to mind was the robot from Lost in Space, because he was always running around saying, "Danger, danger, Will Robinson, follow me, follow me," which is pretty much what politicians say every day. Um, yeah, uh, yeah right. Me, vote sure. For
2: me. <laughs> sure. Would, would you agree with that, John? I would agree with that. Yes, because uh, they're they're trying to uh, obviously. Gain followers if they're running for an office, and when they're in office, they're trying to get uh, they're trying to represent their constituents, right? So,
0: yeah, uh, really.
2: <laughs> well, in, in a, well, some of them are world, right. in a perfect world. Karen, let's Okay, back.
1: that's right. In perfect. a perfect world. All right, I want to talk about this this tree in uh, Connecticut because it was the number one story at Mysterious Universe this week. So I wanted to share it with with those of you in the um, uh, What in the World podcast world. So so before I begin, uh, John and Karen, everybody out there, what would you, when I say scary tree, what comes to mind when I say that phrase, scary tree? Um. Let's think of a movie that has a scary tree in it. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. That's Wizard right. Oz. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There you go. There there you go right there. So that, that's what most people think of. Those are the trees. The scarecrow and yep. uh, Dorothy were, were cutting through the orchard. And first the trees grabbed Dorothy and the scarecrow started fighting with it. And, and the, the trees have arms and they, they were throwing apples at them. So this is that this, the number one tree that people of our age would think of. Uh, below a certain age... The number one uh, scary tree is the Groot. Have either of you heard of the
2: Groot? The Not g- me. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. <laughs> Groot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what does that mean? That's why
1: I had a picture lined up because I didn't know what it was either. Uh, so here's the Groot. Oh. the Groot. There's two different Groots. Okay, The first Groot, the one on the left, was invented by the late great Stan Lee, who was uh, at um, um you know the, the 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 comic book artist from from when we were growing up. <clears throat> it was an extraterrestrial tree uh, that came to Earth to capture humans for experimentation. And the only thing it could say was, "I am Groot." So that's 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 how it got its name. The one on the right is the baby Groot. So. Kids were too scared from the other Groot. So I, whoever is doing this, probably Marvel, came up with the idea for Baby Groot. So Baby Groot's nice and, and cuddly, as, as cuddly as a tree could get. <laughs> uh, but it still says, I am Groot. That's all it says. So, so this lady in um, Connecticut says she's driving down a road and she says uh, she's in her driveway when she sees a bipedal creature about four feet tall, about as wide as my thigh, she says she's five foot 640 pounds, okay? Not that big, so she says. Um, Ran out of the woods to her left, across her driveway into the woods to the property on the right, about 10 yards away. So she got a real good look at it. It looked like a tree on legs with small arms, four feet tall. So uh, yeah. So she thought it was a, it was an alien, an extraterrestrial. She submitted it to the um, National UFO Reporting Center in—I uh, think they're in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken—Newfork. They're—they're called, and um, uh, they asked. She asked them to check it out. Uh, so there's, you know, there's no known aliens from that look like trees the, uh, that, that, that they could find. The uh, she, she, she added to the description because they wanted to know, what, well, what else could you tell us? So she said there were no visible curves, no hips, no shoulders, just straight. It was brown, skinny, no fur hair, lightning fast and light as a feather on its rooty feet. Uh, hmm. Almost looked like it wasn't even touching the ground, which I thought was interesting. She, she later says it almost, it, its legs were moving like it was pedaling an invisible bicycle and kind of floating as it was riding, almost rather than, than running, almost like a cartoon. Uh, she said, um, uh, I saw the back and a bit of the right side, I didn't see the front or a face, didn't see a tail, ears or any other body parts. So um, so nobody knows what this is, then nobody knows what it is. I did some research and um, uh, Groot, the, the alien Stan Lee made up, came from the planet, uh, planet X. It was of the flora, uh, extraterrestrial uh, species. It said Groot because they thought it said Groot because it couldn't pronounce, you know, you got, when your lips are made of wood, it's hard to talk, you
2: know. <laughs> 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 so, um,
1: but it sounds, the rest of the description sounds quite a bit like a, um, uh, a Groot. Now, uh, if you're a big fan of J.R.R. Tolkien, of, the, of Hobbit fame, You'll remember um, uh, Gandalf's friend Treebeard, who was also an an animated tree, and um, uh, he was uh, also uh, 14 feet tall, so he was much bigger and um, uh, more powerful, not not fast, it was powerful and slow. So some people said maybe maybe it could be a manifestation of uh, Treebeard. The um, there's a there's a number of, of uh, religions and cultures that have tree gods, and uh, some people said that maybe even the North America the uh, the North American natives uh, the um, uh, uh, indigenous people of, of America may have a tree god that that, that it could be, um, but but you know they they thought they were more into spirit. So um, anyways. That was the, um, so, so nobody knows what it was that she saw. And obviously if I had a photo, I would have showed you. So I don't have a
2: photo. I'm going to go but, right uh, there. Actually. Did she have a chance? I don't even, <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even have any, any
1: tree beer. Yeah. Tree beard, but not tree beer. Okay. I got you. I yeah.
2: you. Okay. Good. My, uh,
1: my lovely wife will, will, will point out later that, uh, one of our favorite restaurants in Houston was called Tree Beard. Now I know where where the name came from. Cajun oh. uh, restaurant, really, really good. In a church of all places, a oh. so former church. So oh. you didn't, you know, anybody could go there. Sure. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, it's a restaurant. They're tr- they're trying to drum up business. <laughs> I,
1: I, it just, I, I know, <laughs> it was it was a cool place to go. I, um, th- this is this is a thing, in. Uh, um, I went to a restaurant in New Orleans a while ago, and uh, it was more of the a traditional church. It was a two story, three beard with a with a flat, nondescript yeah. church. This yeah. one was a beautiful church that they de decommissioned or whatever they did, unblessed it, and uh, you could we had seats up in the um, the choir loft. Uh, we paid extra because we're on an expense account. So, and <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was wonderful. It was, it was really an, an odd and yet pleasant experience to uh, have a nice dinner in a church.
2: Sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. I, I don't know if it's still in existence. If I ever get back to New Orleans, I'd like to go there. But we're not going to New Orleans. We're going to, <laughs> we're going back to one of our favorite places uh, with John Denalo and what in the world of sports. This week, um, every week, I ask John to come up with a strange, unusual sport. Uh, and uh, and he always does. As I said, he always does uh, some of the sports we can participate in. Some of them we wouldn't want to have anything to do with. A number of them we'd like to start our own teams in uh, in the Cleveland area. This this may cover all of them.
2: <laughs> and it's, there you really go. it's
1: from one of our favorite countries. So my good friend down in... Um, uh, Texas Simon this is for you so John why don't you take it away with our sport of the week while I get your photographs lined up here
2: sounds good Paul sounds very good so our sport this week is as unusual as the sport's name and the name of the sport is Dwyle flanking. now Did it say it again Dwile.
1: Dwyle Flanking, flanking. I think I didn't. We go to school with the Dweil Flanking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> from Bulgaria. Oh no! <laughs> a, a big recollection. I think he left after freshman year, though. I don't think we had him beyond that. Call. Okay, I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: I don't want to. I'm. I, okay. I, I don't want to interrupt this week because I I. <laughs> it's going to be tough. But go ahead, Dwyle <laughs> Flanking. Thank you. Go ahead.
2: Oh, and so, if you have guessed, it's from England, or this sport is played in England. And it has a pub origin, uh, a bar course. origin, you're, you're 100% right. But Doyle flonking is the first sport that we have seen going through our series of sports that uses beer as equipment, not just for inspiration. Oh, I hope Brian's listening. You know, he may be. He may want to play this one. Okay, sure go ahead. That, Brian, <laughs> and to the audience. So, for the uninitiated, a dwile is a mop or a knitted floor cloth. So it's a cloth that's used to clean the floor. The word flunk is the past tense of fling. Put them <laughs> together in a pub, and dwile flunking is a sport where two teams of 12 players take turns, get ready for this, dancing around while attempting to avoid a beer-soaked dweil or cloth thrown or flunked at them by the other team. (laughs) Now We could stop right there.
0: (laughs) I feel a little ill right now. Yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we could right just there, roll but... with it Carol, just Karen, okay just I'm, roll rolling. I'm
0: rolling i'm rolling look at, look at it. how much
1: fun these people are having oh, oh wow. my god look at that That's
2: right,
1: right there. Yeah. They're, they're having a like, and it's co-ed
2: they're having a time they're having a time <laughs> but anyway so but let's go to the origins the origins of dwelt flanking are disputed some say it dates back to the 16th century While others say it was invented in 1966 by a group of, get ready for this, printing apprentices who lived in the town of Suffolk. But it became world famous in 1967 when a lawsuit against the Wavy Way Valley Dwyer Flonking Association was featured (laughs) on a popular TV show in England. The ruling body. It has a ruling body. It's legitimate, a, Karen. In look particular, at it's, a, it's another association that we have to recognize.
1: There you uh, go. And, and sure. the fine looking equipment there. What, really? what is coming out of that guy's pipe? It looks like he's got a bubble pipe there. Or maybe that's. Uh,
2: looks like. looks anyway. like <laughs> look, <laughs> I didn't even look, notice that. It looks like something like the, the ball of champagne that was uh, up in space with the astronaut. Uh, there you go. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. So that's so okay. flanking. Well, so now we know we now excuse me, we know that you want the rules. I know you can't wait for these, so you can play at home. So here they are, and we're not making them up. This oh, this, wow. this is this is, <laughs> a, this is an actual sport, these are the official rules. And it starts like this a dull-witted person is chosen as the referee or <laughs> his name is referred to as owl <laughs> and wait wait and the two teams decide on which team will flank first by tossing a sugar beet and seeing how far the sugar beet goes tossing so a sugar, tossing a sugar beet if you know what we mean Right. <laughs> and, the, and okay and the I'll, I'll spare with the details on this, but the game begins when the Jabinol shouts, Here you go, Gither.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Throw, the, th- throw the beat. Okay, so we
2: threw okay. the beat. What happens next? The non flonking team joins hands and dances in a circle around a member of the flonking team. And this actual practice is called girting. Now, the flonker dips his dwile pole into a large bucket of beer, then spins around in the opposite direction to the girders nearby, and then he flonks his dwile at them. Okay. So, it,
1: but, yeah. for, for those of you who can't see the photograph, I want it to. It, we yeah. did mention that it was a mop, but these particular flunkers here. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> They they use a rag of some sort, and it's official rag. It's got writing on it, so we know it's official. That's uh, right. And it's on a on a stick, so it's not attached. And they dip it in the beer, and then they they kind of fling the stick, and the rag flows, falls off, or gets
2: thrown off of it, or gets flung. Yeah, off it gets it gets directed away from the from the pole, and it's going you know, to hopefully go to someone. So well, then let me, what happens, John? Well, let me tell you, if the, I'm glad you asked. If the dwell that is thrown misses completely, it is known as a swadge. It's a swadge. <laughs> when you miss, it's a swadge. It's All like right. trying to hit a baseball, and you, you don't hit it, it's a strike. We had a swadge. Right. Now, when this happens, the flonker must drink the contents of a beer-filled gazunder, G-A-Z-U-N-D-E-R, or a pot before the wet dwell has passed from hand to hand along the line of now girding girders chanting the ceremonial mantra of pot, pot, pot. (laughs) So it's a traditional sport, okay? You know, you follow this tradition of doing this. Um, Now, a full game consists of two snurds. Two snurds nerds you snurd yes. <laughs> an And you are deep oh god help us <laughs> each snerd being one team taking a turn at girding and then the job and all, then he interjects and adds interest and difficulty to the game by randomly switching the direction of rotation and then he levies heavy drinking penalties on any player found not taking the game seriously enough.
1: So, so he tells them to change directions. That's his whole job. That's it's, his and, whole job. And probably but, to duck.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. But then, he, but then if he spots someone who's not really competing or interested in the action, the person has to drink. Oh, a, there you go. Penalty. So, so, so.
1: <laughs> how do you score in this game, John?
2: So the points are awarded as follows, Paul. Three is for a wonton W A N T O N wanton for direct hit on a girder's head, two for a Morther, M O R T A G E R or a body hit, and one for a ripper or a leg hit.
1: So, so, so the goal is to hit hit him in the head with the beer soaked rag.
2: Well, I, you get more points for that. What's so. up <laughs> The head shot. The head shot. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now again, yeah, it, it gets better. One point is deducted for anyone who's in the area or in the competition that remains sober at the end of the game. So that's how they you know, that's how okay. they No, wait, wait. At the end of the game, the team with the most points wins and will be ordered a handsome ceremonial gazunder. Um, let me just take a quick departure on the gazunder. The gazunder is something that goes underneath a person's bed or where they sleep if they had too much to drink. Yep, the, the but the the British refer to it as a gazunder because it goes under the bed, under the bed, wherever you're sleeping. Now in your flat, right? Like, and let me let me close with this: if you decide to play dwile flonking at your next party, do us a favor. Tell the police you heard about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, not ours. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's right don't
1: please don't associate us with this at all this is <laughs> I, I just I, wanted to hear john say all those words i thought that was just uh that was going to be the best part and it was gazunder and dwile and plonking and
2: <laughs> but I, I will point go ahead john. A, i'm gonna say it is such a strange sport <laughs> i mean we have strange sports every week <laughs> but really i mean the skill needed. In this and then I don't know it just it, I'm, I'm not on board with it I'm just not on board with it well,
1: I'll tell you what the, the last photo that we have here is people do have uniforms on and I did a little more research after we uh we talked about this and uh um uh, <laughs> some of the pubs are it, the, the, the 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 dwell flunking has gotten a little out of hand and they're cutting back on the beer so uh <laughs> obviously that's that could have been the main purpose of this sport, but anyway. So, John, as always, a great sport. Dwell flunking, um, you know. Did 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 this remind you of anything that we may have done
2: while we were in college? You know, I know you're going to bring that up, and uh, <laughs> so I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you continue with this, and I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you carry the ball. Also, I don't.
1: I don't think we participated in actual dwile flonking. I don't think we could even. No, That's the
2: exact sport. Uh, but, um, I'm and, gonna...
1: But we did, we invented a sport very similar to this one day um, when we had nothing better to do in a keg of beer to drink. Uh, and the, uh, we, we didn't have gazunders uh, because we were uh, at a modern school. But we did, we did have mops and we had um, mop buckets. So <laughs> <laughs> we, obviously a mop bucket, a mop bucket holds far more beer than a, uh, than a um, gazunder. So we filled the mop buckets with beer. and then. Um, Rather than flinging rags at each other, we we came up with the the jousting. Um, So this is mop jousting. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this. It was uh, that we even had. uh, Oh,
0: look at you guys. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was was very organized. And uh, it was so popular, Karen and and John. I'm sure you don't remember this. But um, the German army um, heard about this. And they incorporated it into their training. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Oh, this, last
1: photo, this last photo is a bunch of guys in the military. But ancient, looks like World War One. Yeah,
2: like uh, World War I, One, sure.
1: Yeah, grooms no. and improvised uh, uh, helmets jousting with each other. Knights
0: of the Mop jousting in something.
2: Regimental sports at Chatham. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is this is why they lost the war. <laughs> uh, the, US, the u.s helped them win it let's put it that way
1: there you uh, go that's right all right john uh, what was it dwight dwight while flanking there you go thank you <laughs> all right so at john's request we're gonna we're gonna take a break from uh the english sports for a while so simon uh our friend down in uh tech our listener down in texas will uh will give you a break um anyway so that brings us to uh Bluff the co host, everybody's favorite weird news game. Let me take those uh, flunkers down there, if you know what I mean. And um, uh, so, Bluff the co host, everybody's favorite weird news game. Uh, rules are simple. I have three stories similar to the ones we've been telling all afternoon. Big difference is that those were real. Some of these may, some or all of these may be bluffs. And it's up to you and John uh, and all, all of you out at home and, and Karen to determine which are real, which are bluffs. Uh, so, Wagering allowed, place your bets, hands on the buzzers, John and Karen, let's get right to story number one. Most parents would just like to see their adult children move out of their basement. A shopping mall in Rhode Island would just like to see an adult child move out of a small hidden room in the mall where he's lived for four years before getting caught. The man claimed he found the secret room while mall walking one morning, and he and his friend decided to hang out there for a week and party. When no one found them, they brought in furniture, a TV, and a PlayStation, and managed to remain undetected for four years until a security guard found the secret entrance. The man says he misses his wife, who divorced him after they were found out. But the thing he misses the most is the Cinnabons from the mall. So, <clears throat> man and his friends who lived for four years in a secret room in a shopping mall in Rhode Island. Real or bluff, Karen? John, and what, Karen, we'll go with you first. What do you say?
0: You know, maybe if this was in England, it might be true. But since it's in America, uh huh. <laughs> I hope it's not true. So I'm going to say so, it's not true.
1: Okay, bluff. if it was flonkers, it'd be real, but it's Rhode Islanders, so it's a bluff. Okay, John, what Hi. do you?
2: Well, I uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. Uh, I'm going to say that this is a true story. I think people are strange enough to do something like this. But <laughs> so you're saying, so you're saying there's flunkers in America, huh? Well, I wouldn't actually <laughs> connect them like to being flonkers because I think that's their own breed, okay? If you play that sport, okay, you, you're a certain breed or a certain type, not okay. being judgmental, okay? But I'm just going to say that I could see people trying to get away with something like this. For four and, years, living in a mall. Well, some people, okay. it. yes, I'm going to say yes.
1: John says it's real. Karen says it's a bluff. Let's check with the judges and the judges say, congratulations, John, that is a real story. Four years, can
2: you believe that? They built. Boy, a... yeah.
0: I just don't get this game anymore.
2: <laughs> oh, well, you're Please. logical, Karen. You're too light. You're thinking logically. Oh. That's part of the problem. Uh, oh, okay, well, listen, listen to Mr. Expert that. over here now. <laughs> I'll
1: you go with, with that.
2: The...
1: Yeah. Okay. The, well, yeah, they okay. built that They built a cover so that the security guards couldn't see them,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, and they did. They went in and out. It was it's an unbelievable story. Real, real quick, oh, I'm curious. Oh, yes.
2: What happened to him at the end of four years? Whatever. Oh, they
1: were they, they were they got some kind of misdemeanor. His, oh, his wife really did divorce him. His his uh she started out as his girlfriend, lived there, they got married. When they got kicked out, she divorced them. I oh. couldn't believe it. yeah. She what what what's he where is he gonna take me now? I've already lived next door to uh Shit. Cinnabon, you know, oh, right? exactly, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Oh, you better believe it. All right. So let's get right to story number two. Oh, what's the score? One to nothing. John is in the lead. Okay. <clears throat> it's common to describe a person. as not knowing the right hand from their left. But one woman was so frustrated by this that she did what only a millennial would do. She had an L tattooed on her left wrist and an R on her right. She was so happy at the results that she posted a video of her wrist on TikTok. And now she has hundreds of followers who did the same thing or want to know where she got it done. Being a millennial, she tells them she got it done on her wrist. However, most people appreciate the idea with many saying that it has improved their driving because now they know which way to turn. All right. So the woman who couldn't tell her left from her right until she had L and R tattooed on the proper wrist. John, what do you say? Real or bluff?
2: <clears throat> you know, you would think that this is a bluff, but um, I'm going to say it's real. I'm going to say this is another this is another true story. Sad but true in a way. Sadness. Sad
1: but true. Okay. John says that some people just have to tattoo L on their wrist. Karen, how about you? What do you say?
0: You know wait, I, wait
1: first show us your wrist. <laughs> <I'm pretty laughs> okay. no, no tattoos on her wrist. All right. <laughs> um,
0: I think it's true as well because I met a young girl not too long ago oh, who no. said that she she had to put East and west on her hands, because she only knew where north was. So she has a <laughs> tattoo for east and west.
2: Is she? Is, she, oh. is this is this girl or this woman, uh, Karen, related to the person in the story? I, mean, I
0: maybe, but you know, I be? thought wow. that I said so. If you know where north is, why did you have to put it on your wrist? She said, "Well, I wanted to make sure when I was going east and west." Wow. Got it. Yep.
1: Wow. Boy. Real life, bluff the, the co-host. You can't yeah. beat it. You can't beat Okay, so let's see. So both of you said that's a real story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's check with the judges. And the judges say congratulations to both of you. That is a real story. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Wow. All right, Karen. Okay. So that yep. means the score is two to one. John is in the lead. But Karen knows points are doubled in round number three. So she could come back I could. And uh, just, well, the Browns never did come back last night. They were ahead through the entire game. Uh, So anyway, let's get right to story number three and see who wins this week. Number three, genetic engineering has done a lot of good, but a scientist in Germany sounds like an evil scientist with his new creation, which he calls the world's most dangerous plant. He started with a meat-eating Venus flytrap. He then spliced the fly-catching part with genes from the mouth of a piranha fish. After many tries, he finally developed a Venus flytrap with real teeth. While they can't chew, at least not yet, the teeth can easily chomp through a fly or a bigger bug, making it easier for the flytrap to digest. The scientist knows there are plenty of people who would buy his creation, and he plans to sell it soon, as soon as his lawyers work out a foolproof liability contract. Okay, so the scientists who Spliced piranha genes with a Venus flytrap to create one with teeth. World's most dangerous plant. What do you say, Karen? Real or bluff? <laughs> Remember, Gosh, it's true.
0: I wish I knew science better, but I slept through all those classes. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's possible, but I'm still going to say it's true.
2: Okay. All right. So Karen says it's true. John, how about you? I'm on the same thinking line that Karen is that how can it be how, how how's that possible but i'm going to say it's false okay
1: so john is says it's a bluff karen says it's a bluff true Karen says it's true john says it's a bluff let's check with the judges and the judges are in their jaws have dropped in disbelief john is right again
2: <gasps> oh my god you got
0: three right today I didn't wow. even study
2: there, I didn't even study this week. Two yeah. weeks oh, in a wow. row.
0: Wow! Did,
1: did They're not carrot By the way, by the way, gene splicing can splice um, different species together. So, uh, yeah, yeah that, I, okay. That's right. the only bit of truth that's in that one. <laughs> 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 Well,
0: well, no, hey. no, no
1: Venus flytrap with piranha teeth—that would scare the heck out of me as well. All right, wow! So John, John is free. You know, I believe that that's two weeks in a row for John. It is
2: absolutely. Yeah, I know
1: he's got a big scoreboard somewhere in his house where he keeps track of all yep. this.
2: I, I you're right about that. I'm, I'm sorry. It's no longer a secret because uh, I'm very, <laughs> very, I'm very happy when I win. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I, and I don't, I can't attribute it to anything in particular. Um, just- I,
1: I, The reason why is because you gave up flunking so many years ago.
2: Probably, helped, you know, yes. That kind of helped me in the long run. It helped, <laughs> it helped me today. <laughs> all right. Well, wow. for all you
1: flunkers out there, that, that, that's the end of another edition of What in the World? You're everybody's favorite. Weird News Podcast. I want to thank Karen Hale, our producer, media mogul at newclevelandradio.net and co-host please visit New Cleveland Radio. Check out all the podcasts, including ours. Um, you'll have a hours and hours and hours of fun, more, more fun than is legal in many states. Uh, <laughs> and then I want to thank John Danalo, uh, co- uh, also our co-host and, and host of What in the World with John Danalo. My old friend, good good uh, color commentary again today, John. Glad you got your technical difficulties straightened out.
2: Yeah, thanks also, for your patience, Paul, and Karen, and the audience. Sure. Appreciate oh it. yeah, yeah. And I
1: again I want to thank our buddy Brian down in West Virginia for the can of um can that was formerly filled with Mothman beer. <laughs> Brian, you're a sport. Thanks again. Uh and for everybody else, I hope to see you all next week. Um don't get too sick eating all that Halloween candy. And um that's it. Weird news signing.